they was talking about how to remember your kids was in the back seat, and they was talking about putting something important to you back there. And my daughter looks over at me like, wow, can you believe that? Society that we live in, you know, if you want to remember your kids is in the back seat, put your cell phone back there. Can you believe that? But that's the society that we're living in. We're so busy. Everything going on in our life, all the things that we do every day, we've never been busier before. And look at the technology that we have today. We have all kinds of technology to make our jobs easier, to make our life easier, and they consume so much of our time. We don't even have time for God anymore. We have so much stuff to do. The title of the message today, of course, is Going from Stress to Rest. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to be looking at verse 28 to 30. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Now, if you know anything about these scriptures, uh, these uh, passages here are some of the most well-known, comforting scriptures that there are in the Bible. And, uh, of course, you should, you should know that Jesus is the one speaking. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's up here. Jesus is the one speaking. And he says, come unto me, or come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's just say I get someone to come up here this morning and grab a microphone and go around and ask everybody, how are you doing? What would you say? How are you doing? How is things going in your life? And you really was truthful. Are you stressed? Who doesn't feel the stress of today? In today's society, who doesn't feel the stress every single day that we're put under? Oh, we have so much to do, so many responsibilities. How many of us would not say that we are stressed? Stressed from the pressures of life. Wow, does that look familiar? How many of us like that? You're juggling all these things. You, uh, look, we're, we're children of parents. We're parents of children. We have friends. We have relatives, in-laws. We have jobs. We're employees. Some are supervisors. Some are managers. We have all these responsibilities in our lives every single day that we're in charge of. And we have to please all of these people the pressures of life putting the stress on us. My. So if you're here today and you feel any stress whatsoever, these passages are for you. And if you're here today and you've got it all together, these passages are for you to give to somebody else. Okay? So we're going to look at these verses this morning and just see exactly what Jesus is talking about this morning. We all face the pressures of life from all these different uh, sources. 
Pressures come from outside. People putting pressure on us and pressure comes from inside. Us putting pressure on ourselves to perform, to do this, to be that. You know, we want to be the greatest parent that there ever was. Absolutely we do. We want to be the best teacher for our, parent, for our children. We don't want the teacher to do that. We want to be that teacher. In this, you know, we want to be the best coach for our kids. Even if you're not the main coach, how many of you coach? How many of you coach your kids even though you're not the coach? You're telling them what to do because you want them to be great, right? Have all these pressures, all these struggles. Well, in order for us to understand what Jesus is talking about in the Scriptures today, we need to understand the background and the context of what he's talking about. Now, the people that Jesus is talking to here in these passages were the, the people of God, the, the, the Jewish people. And you've got to understand these Jewish people, their mindset, their background, and everything. You've got to know everything there is to know about them. So we've got to look and understand what they were facing that caused Jesus to tell them, Come to me, all you who are burdened or weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why did they need rest? What was going on in their life? So we look at the background. And I, I failed to put this scripture on the, on the screen, so bear with me, I'll read it. It says, uh, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 2 through 4, it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sitting Moses' seat. So you, may, you must be careful to do everything that they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. He says, this is what they do. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift one finger to move them. So, you, the, so the, the background, the context is, these people were under such, such pressure from the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. They were under the pressure of them putting this law on their back, this heavy load for them to carry, saying, you've got to do this, and you can't do that. And this is the society in which they were living in, the Jewish law. And uh, these people, no doubt, had stress. Can you imagine trying to live up to the expectations that were put on them? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, their responsibilities was to explain the law. Now, we started out with Ten Commandments. Do you know how many laws we ended up with? About 613 laws that they had to follow. And we'll look at that. But they had the law of God plus the fence laws. Now, the fence law, in order to understand this... They had a law, let's just say, okay, take for instance. You are not to look on a woman to lust after. Just take that. In order to prevent the, these people from doing that, they'd say, wear a blindfold. And if that doesn't work, stay at home. Just fence laws. Laws on top of laws on top of laws. 
that prevented them from doing certain things. And they were under this, this uh, uh, situation with, where all these laws were ha such a heavy burden on them, saying, don't do this and do this. And, you know, th that's what they were facing. That's the people that Jesus is talking to. Now, can you imagine them when he comes to them now? Jesus is coming to them. And he brings this message of relief. Now, we live in a, we live in a world today where, you know, legalism is, is not that predominant far as being seen out in the open anymore. Now, me personally, in the past, I've been a legalist. I've been in the legalist system, been in the legalist churches where, you know, you had to do a certain thing, act a certain way, be a certain way, wear your hair a certain way, wear certain clothes, and, you know, you had all these rules and regulations that they put on. I've been in that. I lived in that. I was part of that. Burdensome. You feel like you never measure up. You feel like you can never do enough. And wow. It's, it's terrible to live in that condition. And can you imagine these people in Jesus' day, all the laws that they had put on them? And so Jesus comes to them, this, this group of people, and he says, he says, he gives five things here to help them. And I want to show you them today. Number one, he gives them the invitation. The invitation, he says, come to me. Now the word come is a strong appeal on the will of another. The strong appeal on the will of another. Of course, we understand that. And it's a call from what they are depending on, which is the law, to turn from that to come to him, a personal relationship. Wow, what a difference that these people are in the past. They've been condemned. They've been beat down. They got these heavy loads on them. But Jesus comes... And he says, come to me. Come to me now. He don't say do this or do that. He says, come to me. So he, he gives them an invitation. And you see, the free, thank God for grace, right? The grace that he gives to us today. I'm so grateful to live a grace-filled life. To one where I'm not under all these restrictions, all these regulations, all these laws, but I have been given grace, God's unmerited favor. And we live in a grace era to where, you know, we live a life that's pleasing to God, not based on what we do, but based on who he is. If you go to church, if you listen to a sermon online, if you listen to a sermon on the radio, and it's about what you do, that's legalism. It's not about what we do, it's about who he is. And we are only conduits of that. We're only vessels that he flows through. We was going through this in the, in the youth class, and we were talking about Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. These kids know that uh, a branch can't produce anything without the vine. It's all flowing through him. It's through what he does. He works through us. Not to say that we don't work. Not to say that we don't do good things, but it's him flowing through us. It's not an outward force making it happen. So this morning, as you come, let me ask you a question.
the invitation is for those who truly understand that they know they don't have the ability to measure up. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted this invitation to start with, the invitation is for you to come to him and to have all the burdens and the weights of this life lifted off of you. Now, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. But you can do it with him through his power and his ability, and we'll see that in a minute, how that's going to happen. If you have accepted him and you are his disciple, the, the, the invitation is for you to come to him and to forget about all the things, all the outside forces that, are, that, that say you do this and you don't do that, is to allow him to flow through you. That's what Christianity is about. That's the big difference. So the Pharisees were saying, do this and don't do that. All the religions of the world will give you a way to get you to heaven by doing certain things and not doing certain things. Am I right? Christianity is totally different. We get into heaven has absolutely nothing to do with us. We only trust in the Savior to get us to heaven. That's the difference. Isn't that great to know that it's not on our back? That we don't have to carry that weight. That it's not about us, it's about Him. That we can rely on Him for our salvation. We don't have to rely on us. Thank God for that. What a blessing it is to know that. How freedom, how much freedom we have to understand that it's not about me. It's not about me crossing every I. I mean, dotting every I and crossing every T. It's not about that. It's about me trusting solely in him and understanding it's about who he is. That's why I said at the beginning, the spotlight's been put on him this morning, and let's keep it on him. Allow him to have the preeminence. Allow him to be the one that shines and not us. We can take credit for the things that we do. We can say that we can take credit for the things that we do. But if we're doing what we, what we need to do, God working through us, it's not what we're doing. It's what he's doing through us. And we give him the credit for it, right? The invitation he gives. And second, look at the invited. All who, you, all who are, of those who are weary and burdened. The word weary, of course, means tired. How many of you go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning just as tired as you was the day before. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I do. I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up just as tired. I hit the snooze and uh, that doesn't work. doesn't give me no more energy than I had before I hit the snooze. And I'm, I'm just like, did I even sleep last night? But we have so much going on in our lives. We never turn this thing off. It's never turned off. It almost goes 24 hours a day, even while we're sleeping. You sit down before you go to bed, and you're putting all this stuff into your head, into your mind. We never take time to just relax and come aside with God and let Him have, have all that we are, everything, all of our being. We need to just give it to Him, relax, and let Him work through us. But we don't do that. We've got so much going on. We're tired. And the second word, which is burden, means loaded heavily. Got a lot on our back. We got a lot on our plate, don't we? Every single day. Too much, a lot of times. We take on too much responsibility. We have too much to do. And when we don't have too much to do, we got so many things that we can be doing. The invited and the conditioned. All those who are weary and burdened. That's the invited. 
all those. And then third, the, the insurance. He says, I will give you rest. Rest. That means to cease from work. That's what the word rest means, to cease from work. How many of us really rest? Are we always working? We're always doing something. You know the feeling when you take a vacation? Just think about this for a minute. When you take a vacation, you go on vacation, and you've got this agenda where you have to do this and this and this and this, and when you get home from your vacation, you have to take a day off from work to get over your vacation. You know what I'm talking about. How many of, I mean, that's how it is, right? That's not the kind of rest that we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of vacation to where you, you take a vacation, you have no agenda. You can do exactly what you want to do. If you want to sit all day and look at the grass, you can sit all day and look at the grass. If Whatever you want to do, that vacation to where not, you don't have no pressure on you, you know, you just relax and enjoy. The insurance is, he says, I will give you rest. What kind of rest? Well, Jesus set himself apart from the legalist of his day. He says, he, says, not that, he says, we're not looking at that. He says, I want you to have permanent rest. Can you imagine the permanent vacation? Some of you have a permanent vacation, right? Some of you guys, Veronica, you got a permanent vacation, retired, enjoying life, right? Permanent. Nothing to do. Well, got grandkids, kids, you got stuff to do. But anyway... The principle is there when we, when we realize that he wants to give us a permanent vacation. That is from work. That is from saying, okay, this is what I got to do in order to please God. This is what I have to do in order to please God. There are a lot of things that we have to do on a daily basis. You know, we, ha we have to provide for our families. That's, that's one thing that we have to do. We have to help out with... Uh, the things at home, you know, we have those issues we have to deal with. I mean, there's, there's always something breaking, right? There's always something going wrong. You got a house, you got stuff breaking, you, commodes ain't working. You know, I go on a trip uh, for work and my wife calls and says the commode's broke. Well, we'll look at it when we get back. You know what I'm saying? Something's always going on in our lives. He wants us to rest. He don't want us working at all. And the principle is working in order to please God. We don't work to please God. We work because we are satisfied in Jesus, because he's paid a penalty that we so readily de deserved. The insurance. Man, getting close. Okay. So if we're not careful as believers, we'll put ourselves back under the bondage that we were before we ever became a believer back under the bondage of pleasing you know look when i when i was you know when i was a kid i didn't go to church much of course uh but i knew there was a god and uh i knew uh, you know just minute details about god and you know that he created the world and what i'd heard and i knew just a few things in my childhood but there was a, even in, in, you know, in the society, in the, the places where I lived, grew up, there, there was a few people that went to church, but not a lot of people. And even the, those people knew that there was a God and respected God, had a respect for him. And 
my mentality of God was sort of the same mentality that I had for my parents. I mean, I just got that mentality. Uh, God is like a parent. You know, you want to please them. You want to do what's right so that they'll be satisfied, so that you want to perform for them, so that, you know, they'll be happy with you and stuff like that. That's how I grew up. That's, that was my mentality of God. I wanted to perform for them. And so I didn't want to do bad things, you know. I felt like if, I, if I'd done something bad, God was going to zap me, you know. He was going, I'm serious. I'm, I'm being honest with you. That's the mentality that I had for, about God. It takes a long time to get out of that. It really does. You know, when you live in, in, under that mentality that, you know, every time you do something bad, God's going to bring the hammer down on you, right? It's a mentality that a lot of people have. And who wants to serve that God? Who wants to be a part of that? Nobody, right? Thank God that God is not looking out to, to beat us down, but he wants to give us life. So the instructions that he gives here is, and number four, the instruction is to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The word take, of course, here means take on oneself or submit. It's the same reference he says when he says, take up your cross and follow me, a, submiss- a submissive taking. And so he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, of course, how many of you young people know what a yoke is? Not an egg yoke. A yoke. Well, a yoke, of course, you older people probably know this, but a yoke was a, a device, a wooden device that was built to, to hook two animals together to make them work. And they would take those two animals, and, and, and I read about that they would take those two animals and they would put them in there. And it said most of the time what they would do is they would take a, an older oxen uh, that, that was seasoned, that knew what he was supposed to do, and they would put a young ox with him to train him so that he knew where he should go and the things that he should do. And it said uh, even there were some of the yokes that would take and get right there under the juggler vein so that if you put the head down, you know, it would, it would uh, hit them right there on their windpipe and make them have to lift their head up. That, that, was, a, that was what a yoke was. And it, and it, was, a y- it was something that, that held the animals together so that they could work them, so that they could put, uh, you know, plow with them or haul stuff with them like that that was the yoke that these people were under that was the situation that these people were under here the jewish people they were under that yoke but jesus says that he wants them to take his yoke and look what he says about it jesus says take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you shall find rest for your souls he's gentle and humble in heart this is one of the few passages of scriptures that Jesus actually talks about himself in. And he's given the description of who he is because he's inviting these people to come to him. He's inviting everyone to come to him. Uh, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. He says, to join it up with me, to join me in this yoke. And if you join me in this yoke, then he says, I have already fulfilled the demands of the law that were required for you. Now, is the law bad? No, the law is good. The law is holy. The law is right. There's nothing wrong with the law. The issue is with man's inability to keep the law. We don't have the ability to keep the demands of the law. 
never have and never will. That's the issue. If, the, if these Jewish people had the ability to keep the law, it wouldn't have been a burden on them, right? I mean, they could have done it. Wouldn't have been no issue. But they didn't have the ability to keep the law. They didn't have the ability to follow, follow these rules and follow these regulations. So it was a burden to them. But Jesus says he wants them to take his yoke, to yoke up with him, because he's already met the demands of the law. You see, when Jesus come to earth, and he, he lived on this earth for his 33 and a half years, he, he fulfilled the demands of the law by dying on the cross in our place, taking our place so that we could be freed from the demands of the law. Aren't you glad of that, that you're freed from the demands of the law, that you don't have to keep the law, that this is not your, your lot in life, that you have to go around keeping the law, but you've been freed from it, and you can just rely on him and yoke up with him and allow him to be there for you, taking your place. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. Learn here means it's, it's not just gaining knowledge. It's just not gaining information. The word learn here means uh, acquire a custom or habit through practice. It's kind of like, uh, like learning how to do a new job or kind of learning how to, kids how to do a sport, something like that. You can sit down with a piece of paper and tell them all day what they need to do, but until they get out there and they do it, they really haven't learned anything. The same principle applies. It's not about us just gaining knowledge. It's about us practicing. He says, to learn of me, for I am his character now, I am gentle and humble in heart. That's who he is. He wants us to learn from him this. He wants us to learn from him this character, that to be gentle and humble in heart. And then last, the incentive. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, I'm not like your previous master. Our previous master was, of course, the world system. We live by the world system. We done by the world system. The world says, uh, the world says, uh, do unto others before they do unto you. You know what I'm saying? That's the world system. You get them before they get you. The world system says everything is okay. It don't matter what you do. You can live however you want to live and still enjoy the pleasures of going to heaven one day. Just as long as the good outweighs the bad. Don't worry about that stuff right there. Oh, God is such a loving God that you know he's not going to allow anyone uh, to spend eternity in hell away from him. That's the mentality of the, the society that we live in. But however, that's not how it is. Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins. Our master was once our old self as well, who we were in the flesh. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It says, these are not of the Father, but of the world. If any, man, if any man loves the world, it says the love of the Father is not in him. We have to come apart from that 
and live in him. Hey, and it's not like we have to do this based on getting us right with God. It's us trusting in Jesus and then it just becomes a natural flow. Those things don't matter to us anymore, right? It becomes a natural flow. They don't matter to us anymore. The things that used to matter to us, they don't matter to us anymore. They're not important to us anymore. Doing those things that, you know, doing to others before they do it, that, that's not our mentality anymore. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to learn from him to be gentle and humble in heart. So that why? So that we'll find rest for our souls. So that we'll find rest for our soul. He wants us to know by coming to him that all of these weights, all, all the chains that bind us up have been broken and they've been broken by him. Scenario one, scenario two, listen to them. Okay, just a test to see where we're at. Scenario one, you wake up in the morning. You wake up as soon as the alarm clock goes off. You go in, you've already got your Bible set up. You got your coffee percolating. You go in, you sit down, and you're reading your Bible. You're doing your devotion. You have a time of prayer. You got everything together. You have a time of prayer. You set, get, gives you the opportunity to meditate on it a little while and understand what you've read or what you've studied. Scenario one. <clears throat> then on the way to work, no problems, no traffic. Everything's great. You get to work even... Even before you go into work, you get, you get to work early enough to sit in a car, relax, and just meditate on God. You have a good work day. You'll have no issues, no problems whatsoever, none. On your way home from work, everything goes good, and you get home. You're presented with an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. Scenario number one. Scenario number two, you wake up in the morning. Your alarm clock goes off. You hit the snooze button about six times. Okay? By the time you get up, there's no time to do anything but run in there and get the kids some cereal or whatever you got to do. Uh, brush your teeth and you're, you're out the door and everything's hectic and you get to your car and you take off and every stoplight in town gets you. All the ones in med in. And then, then when you get to work, you get to work just in the nick of time. You have a terrible day at work. You got people fussing at you. You got problems. You got issues going on. It's just, it's just not, not a good mental day. You on the way home from work, traffic's terrible. You, your mindset's terrible. When you get home, you're pre pre uh, presented with an opportunity to share the gospel. The test is, let me ask you a question. Who's God going to bless? If you say scenario number one, you have a little bit of legalism in you because you think God blesses based on performance. Still have a little bit of legalism in us if we think God blesses us based on our performance. Is every day going to be a good day? Or are you always going to wake up when the alarm clock goes off? Or are you always going to have that time set aside? Are you always going to have the opportunity to pray? No, no, you're not. God presents you with an opportunity to share the gospel. Is God going to bless you or not bless you because you didn't do certain things during that day? What do you think? 
What's our mentality today? Are we at rest? Are we stressed? Do we think that we still please God by doing certain things? Do we? Be honest with me, people. Do we still think that we please God by doing certain things? Are we still in that mentality? Or do we realize that it's not about us? It's about Him. Everything that we have, every, everything in life is about Him. Every, every moment, every situation, the bad situations, it's about Him. No, you might not like what you're going through right now, but you don't know what God's got in store for you coming in the future. You might not like where you work, but you don't know what God's got toward for you in the future. You not, might not like a situation you're going through in, with a family, but you don't know how God's going to bless you sometime in the future by going through this situation. And it might be at those times you don't pray. It may be those situations that you're like, I, I just can't pray. Is God not going to bless you because you don't? I'm not saying prayer is a bad thing. I'm not saying reading your Bible is a bad thing. I'm not saying having devotion times is a bad thing because they're not a bad thing. But are, why are we doing them? Why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you do your devotion daily? Do you do it to please God? Or you do it because you have the opportunity to look into the perfect Word of God and to gain some understanding from what He's talking about? Well, you, have a, you have the opportunity to be able to link up with the God of this universe. When you have the opportunity to be able to come aside from everything that you see that day, all the bad situations, and you come apart from all of that, and you just rest in Jesus, knowing that he's the one that's paid the penalty for your sin, knowing that he's the one you can run to and whatever you need. And listen, guys, even when you can't pray, the Bible says that he's making intercession for you at that particular time in your life. Wow, what a Savior. Ain't he great? It's not about us, people. It's not about us. I, oh, if we could just get that. And I'm talking about we. If we could all just get that. It's not about us. It's about him. He's the one. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one, that's, he's the one that we look to for all of our help. Come unto me, he said. He wants you to come aside to him. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened. And he says, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to give you rest. And a rest like you've never had before in your life. But you can't have that rest with the mentality that it's all about you. It's all about what we do. I'm performing because I want to please God. No, we don't perform because we want to please God. We perform because God is working in our lives. We work because God is working in our lives. Not saying that work is a bad thing. We need to do things. We need to build up the kingdom of God. We need to be... Uh, doing things here at the church that would draw people here. Well, we need to be doing all these things, all these things that we're doing around here. They need to be done. I'm not saying those are bad things, but why do we do what we do? Is it because we fear God that he's not going to bless us? Or is it because we're so in love with Jesus we do anything for him because of what he's done for us? Oh, I hope it's for that reason. I hope it's for that reason. Are we trying to satisfy him based on what we do rather than who he is? I hope not. If we are, we need to come to Jesus realizing that it's about him and not about us. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. And I pray that you would take the message today and help us to apply it to our hearts. Maybe examine our lives. Maybe examine our lives this morning and ask ourselves the question, why are we doing what we do? Are we resting in you, understanding that you are the one who's taken the weights and the burdens from our lives and you've given us this great life? Are we doing what we do because we're afraid you're going to do something or not do something in our lives? Help us to understand, Father, who you are. Help us to live our lives to please you. Give us your grace and your mercy to share to others. I pray that you would, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. How about it this morning? Even where you're at, come to Jesus. You don't have to come forward, but come to Jesus. Accept what he's offering this morning. Okay.